0: India is behind in confronting its mental health problems dr. Karen Mathias from the University of Canterbury helped run mental health programs in a northern part of India where there are just eight government psychiatrists for 10 million people a mental health researcher she has 15 years of experience working in low-income communities in India she spoke to world watchers max toll I was
1: I was born in India and um, I have my husband and his family also from India, so have long connections to India. And I guess also feeling like there was um, a lot more need and a lot fewer resources, so um, quite a lot of opportunity to make a difference.
0: What are the types of challenges that you were seeing over there and how might they differ from um, mental health issues you might see in New Zealand?
1: Probably the biggest thing that's really obvious is there are very very few mental health services so um, what it really means is that mental health problems are really solved by medicines and mental health professionals they really need to be using resources within communities but there are also a lot of people who need care who don't have access to care.
0: Is there much stigma around uh, mental health?
1: It's really interesting I think the whole world over it's a stigmatizing illness and um, when I was doing my PhD, which was with a Swedish university, I um, was particularly looking at experiences of social exclusion um, and particularly for people with severe mental health problems, there can be um, harsh exclusion and um, many people, you know, called names. Quite differently to New Zealand, there's also some really strong gestures of social inclusion. So, for example, because rural villages particularly have got long-standing generations of relationships, you know, I was spending time with families who talked about, oh, when my wife wanders off and gets lost, someone will always take her by the hand and bring her back to me. Neighbours being really supportive, um, I spent particularly time with women with postpartum psychosis, meaning severe mental ill health after delivering a baby, and They were very unwell and neighbours were cooking meals for them, looking after their children, um, being very supportive and um, saying, oh, no, they just had a bad phase and now they're back on their feet. So there's also some much, much more inclusive and people with severe mental health problems live with their families. There's very few people living rough or on the streets compared to, um, I guess, a lot of people in New Zealand.
0: What about women? Obviously, the social status of women... Uh, in India, is often in the news. What were some of the more women-specific issues you might have seen?
1: India has got a very harsh patriarchy, which disadvantages women and advantages men. It's also um, barely engaging with um, non-binary gender identities. And so for women, what typically happens is women with mental health problems are less likely to get access to care, less likely to get diagnosed and treated um, in in any formal mental health um, service. Um, There there were some really big important changes during my time. There was a big mental health care act that went through, which really changed the status to give a lot more autonomy for people with psychosocial disability or mental health problems. And the district mental health program, which was almost i not functioning at all. In rural areas of North India, there's now been significant training for doctors in primary health care. But there's a long way to go. It's still almost impossible in rural areas to get access to medicines for even something like epilepsy, but also you know, depression or anxiety or more severe problems.
0: And the struggle to, to get help, how does that manifest itself?
1: Well... It can be quite harsh and isolating, so people, the worst end of the scale is meeting particularly young men with illnesses that we might call schizophrenia in New Zealand who were at home, sometimes locked in the room because their family were fearful and and just incredibly isolated and and unwell. But there were also, I guess manifestations where because there were no there was no access to medicines or psychiatrists, there were community members meeting, talking, supporting each other and taking initiative. I just remember during the COVID crisis, just when the first lockdowns happened, these two young women who were both 19 with significant anxiety problems who we'd been working with suddenly said, let's get some food. There's so many families without access to food during the early stages of the lockdown. And they collected food from all the community and they actually fed over 200 people one meal daily over a period of a week. I think the harshness can also really pull people onto their feet and they take, take action.
0: That was Max Toll speak to, speaking to Dr Karen Mathias, who is now a senior lecturer at the University of Canterbury and is researching the role of communities in responding to mental health thanks to a grant from the Canterbury Medical Research Foundation.